It's Luke, the fourth chapter, where I would maybe speak from and launch from what I feel here for this morning. Luke chapter four, verses 17 through 22. Hopefully everyone that needs coffee has had coffee. Um, If you haven't, and I start to put you to sleep and you just need to get up and slip out, that's okay. Um, We do have a sharpshooter in the ceiling. So Luke 4, 17 to 22. There was delivered unto him, him being the Lord Jesus, the book of the prophet Zaius. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So he's reading from the prophet Isaiah here. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down in the eyes of them, um, the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. He says these words very famously. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears, in your ears. It seems as though it should have been fulfilled in their eyes. He was trying to tell them this scripture is being fulfilled in front of you. And yet they were not ready to see. They could barely handle hearing. Please notice this. Because verse 22 gives their response. And all bear him witness. And wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth And they said, is not this Joseph's son? I used to preach a message um, from this text called when the devils are not the problem. And in this text, we find before and after demons that are cast out by Christ's proximity to the problem. But here they were not ready to acknowledge who Christ was. And let's get a little crowd participation here at the end of verse 22. They ask a question. What was that question? Someone shouted out. Is not this Joseph's son? Is not this Joseph's son? They had a preconceived idea of who he was. And because of how they viewed Christ, it absolutely determined how they could experience this encounter. That's why it could barely get to their ears, much less change their vision. It's very critical that everyone in here understands what I'm saying before I move on. We need proper vision so that we might give proper vision. If I don't have a proper vision of God, I cannot relay or portray a proper vision of him to others. Sister Barkas, if I do not see this word as hope, I will never be able to clearly paint that picture of hope for someone else. 
If I do not see him as a loving father, I might use the right words, but the paintbrush of my tongue will fall short of portraying him actually as a loving father. If I see him as good, but not a provider, I might hear of him as a provider, but the current context of my own life keeps me from being able to really believe that he is a provider. Do I believe he heals sins? Yes, I do. Do I believe that he can give freedom? Yes, I do. But do I believe that he's a provider? Well, my current context keeps me from clearly and so if I'm not ready, I'm one of the men in the room that because I know Joseph, I cannot clearly see Jesus. And if you're not careful, you're in this room right now. And if, if, you're, not, if you're not careful, please hear me right now. You cannot get past the cynical side of you to the spiritual side of you. You cannot get past the little splinter. It's that little thorn. It's that little thing. I love the Sunday school department, but Brother Healy annoys me sometimes. I love, I love pastor, but sometimes he makes it sound a lot easier than it is. And if I can do this, if I can simply take a little bit of that vision and skew that vision by, by skewing the leadership, if I can change my perspective of Jesus because I know enough about Joseph, then I don't have to allow there to really be any shaping done to my life. Are you with me? You see this guy on the screen, his name is John Dalton. John Dalton was the first scientist to take academic interest in the subject of colorblindness. His interest stemmed from a very specific reason, he and his brother were both colorblind. Is anyone in here colorblind? Raise your hand real proud. If you are probably male, if you are in here, no one in here is colorblind. Okay, it's about one in uh, 20 males, I believe, about one in 200 females deals with being colorblind. John Dalton came to... A determination, according to research, he believed that the aqueous humor was bluish and therefore it filtered out all of the colors. He was convinced, uh, Brother Ben, he, he said, I've got this bluish liquid in my eyes. I've determined it. And he was quite the scientist in his day. And so in his will would be, Brother House, that they would take his eyes and dissect his eyes. Sorry, anybody. But that's too graphic for it because he, he wanted, even though we would not have the uh, satisfaction being dead, he wanted them to be able to look in his eyes and find that bluish liquid. Unfortunately, there was no bluish liquid found. But it was later discovered and determined in regards to vision that there are three different cones, three types of cone cells each one having a different sensitivity to the light. If you'll look here on the screen, you'll see these color wavelengths and you'll understand with me that there is the S cone, there is the M cone, and there is the L cone, S for short wavelengths. This is for your blues and your medium. This is for your greens and your long. This is for your reds. And these three cones Working, I know some of you didn't realize this is the kind of class you're coming to. 
these three cones working together. Brother Healy, if they don't overlap just right, if they don't set correctly, then the way that you process in, it affects the way that you see color. It affects the way that you can visualize other things. Your brain interprets the signals from the cone cells trying to allow you to see the color of the object. You're, 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 you're trying to be able to determine, is this green or is this green? Is this red or is this orange? Look at this next picture and you'll see kind of how it looks to someone in regards to cornwall or, or, or color blindness, you've got normal vision. You've got the red green vision. You've got blue yellow vision. All determining from parents and the handing down of the X chromosome to children. Inherited color blindness is something that can be passed on, and there are certain ways that it can get lined up. Where every child, you'll have people that you never know, but one family, everyone in the, in the family or all the children are colorblind because of the way that it is inherited and those X chromosomes falling down to those children. How does it happen? Especially with males as, uh, in the way the X chromosomes work, but how does it affect someone? Here it is, normal vision. You can see the red, you can see the green, you can see the yellow, and the orange is easy to distinguish, but when red-green is your filter in the way that your cones work, the vibrancy from normal vision is lost, and everything begins to take the same look. And in the blue-yellow, you have, you've still got a little bit of color, but you have a fast miss on the interpretation of what is accurate. Unless all of those cones in your eyes are working in sync, then you cannot clearly see color and pull and the vision come together. Today, right now in our world, over 2.7 million people are colorblind. Like I had said earlier, one in 12 of them are men and one in 200 of them are women. Most often it is, in fact, genetic. It is the handing down from one generation, one set of parents to the next. It can happen later in life due to deficiency. It can happen as the result of, of injury, but typically it is something that is passed down from parents to children. It does seem tough when you recognize that it's one in 12 men and one in 200 women, and the most Affected colors are red, yellow, and green. That's, that's pretty tough when you consider that the primary colors used in our world are red, yellow, green. You better know which one is which at a stoplight. <laughs> it's amazing that now many video games have a mode for color blindness. Interactive maps online have colorblind mode. You can choose which type of colorblind you are. If you have a, a Mac or, or a PC and you get on and you're colorblind, you can go to your preferences and your settings and you can choose your colorblind and it will allow your screen to specifically speak to you so that you're not as a loss in the differentiation between colors. It's become such a clear thing. What only a couple hundred years ago, we've got this scientist trying to figure out, blaming on a bluish gel. Now here we are. 2022 and if you can't see clearly you push the filter but without appropriately pushing the filter you are still as lost as he would have been 200 years ago 
What matters and why, why, pastor, are you talking about this? I'm going to tell you why I'm talking about this. I feel prompted of the Lord to tell you that I believe that while we have every person in this room could be affected, and if not, you've probably got someone. I've got some close friends that are colorblind. I may or may not give them a hard time from time to time and tease them a little bit and ask them how they like their red or yellow or orange roses or how they've enjoyed their time. If you've never known someone close to you that's colorblind and ask them if they picked out their clothes. That's a fun one because even if they do match, it's a fun game to play. But as I was praying about this and praying about the children that we interact with, it began to really bother me thinking that if I don't have a clear view of Christ, how can I ever expect to clearly display him to them? Well, how do I have a clear view of Christ? Because obviously these were religious men in Luke chapter 4. Obviously these are godly people. They're in church. They're in the synagogue. They're there consistently. Let's just say it. Let's put it in our modern context. They're, they're there on Sunday morning. They're, 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 they're there on Sunday night. They're there on Wednesday. They are the core. They are faithful. They are the apple, so to speak. They're there, the apple of the eye. They're, they're there. They're the guarded. They're, they're there. How can they be there so frequently and not know Christ? Well, there's a lot of variables, Pastor Carson. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of history, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, issues that are taking place. I understand all of that. But they're setting feet from Christ and know him as a person, but not as God. They could not clearly see who he was. And now watch this. Please catch this. Because, Brother Chris, because they could not clearly see him, it affected how they presented him to others. Because they, they couldn't see him. Here's what they did. Is not this Joseph's son? Because when I have a vision of him that lacks completion, it affects the way that I present him. We have cones, three of them. Physically, but I want to say we have three of them spiritually and no one in this room gets to graduate from them. They are the cones of prayer, fasting, and reading the word of God. Please hear me. Prayer, fasting, and the word of God. And if I would take that color wavelength chart and I would put it back up and instead I would put a P and I would put an F and I would put a word or W for the word of God. If I would take those or a B for Bible, if I would take those and put that up here, I would tell you that unless we have all three of those things working, we cannot have a full or proper vision or view of God. You cannot be a teacher that does not pray. Well, let me take that back. You can be, you just can't be an effective one. You cannot be an effective teacher that the only time you're in the word is when you're cramming for your lesson. Because when the Bible becomes a textbook for you to teach from rather than a life source for you to live from, Here's the tough one, right? The cone of fasting. No one wants to talk about fasting, but I'm going to tell you. So does fasting change my view of God? No, fasting changes my view of myself. 
I don't fast to make God move. I fast to get closer to God. It's a denial of the flesh, and it's a part of the filter because lest I have fasting in my life, then my vision might put me in the driver's seat. And so I have to have the cone of prayer and fasting and the word of God. One of the funnest parts of my morning is when I'm in the word of God and I'm seeing things I've never seen before. And I've got this place where I keep and I pull and I drop scriptures in and I underline and I bowl. I put these plates. I'm wondering, how have I never seen this before? How have I never, how have I never encountered this? And all the times I've been through the text, how have I never seen this before? But it's because that time in the word, it's so layered, it allows me to see it more clearly. And when I see the word more clearly, I see him more clearly. And if I want to teach effectively. So how does this matter? Why does it matter? How does it, how does it affect how I teach? Well, obviously, if you're never reading, if you're never taking in new material, if you're never praying, you're not going to a greater level of depth. If you're not fasting, you're not sacrificing the flesh and putting the flesh under subjection. And so what? maybe I'll get a couple of these cones to work. I can still see colors. I can see partial colors, but if I'm not careful, I see the parts of God that are good, but I deny the parts of God that challenge me. But I have found in educating others and teaching children, every kid that walks in from the kid that walks in it, listen, you've learned this. It doesn't matter how they're dressed. It doesn't matter. A lot of times it doesn't matter whether they're from a home that is churched or unchurched. Every kid walks in with their own context. Every individual walks in with their own issues. My job is not to minister to them based on who their parents are. This is one of the most important things I'll share with you as pastor right now, okay? It is not to minister to them based on what neighborhood they live in. I've seen youth pastors mess this up. We this, I don't know where, where's ours. Before, this is long before I ever, this, so this isn't for Brother Matthews, traveling and doing youth events. I've watched youth pastors that think that cool would get it done. So now all of a sudden they're youth pastors, so they try to shop at Abercrombie or, or I'm not being, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Hear me right now. I care always beats I'm cool. Love always trumps lavish. Okay? Brother Henderson knows where I want to go next. Spiritual is always better than savvy. How do I get this properly aligned? How do I do that? The only way that I can properly minister to them is if I can properly see him. If I properly see him, it affects me in counseling. I see Sister JC. Sister JC, if I'm going to be proper in my pastoral counseling and effective in the way that I minister, it, it does not matter again. This is very important for everyone in here to catch. It does not matter whether they have on a beautiful new dress that you know costs hundreds of dollars or a ratty little thing that was picked up at Goodwill and put on them and they were placed on a van or, or jumped in from the neighborhood. It doesn't matter if they've got a wonderful little hairdo or if they got dirt streaks on their face. I cannot minister to them based on their exterior. If I do that, if I do that, it probably portrays how I approach God. But if I've got all those cones working properly, 
If I've got prayer, if I've got fasting, if I've got the word of God, then I've, not, I've, I've now got a clear relationship and a clear way to portray him to them. If I do not have these things working properly, if I have a God vision deficiency, it will make me look at the rowdy kid as a frustration rather than a ministry. There are kids right now, every one of you probably have a trying kid. <clears throat> Not just personally, but in your classroom. If you teach, you're going to have some trying. Brother Stoner, you're going to be doing youth service. We're going to be having kids church. And there's going to be that one kid that's influencing others. And you just want to... <laughs> And if we're not careful, we can lose the fact that, now please catch this, they can be different and right. They can be wild and still perfect. That's easy for you to say. You're not down there when they were pouring Kool-Aid on Susie's head. Okay. No, the action was wrong, but the passion is God-given. Now, now, if they, if they pour Kool-Aid on Susie's head because to them, they know that's the only way that you will come and reprimand them, and at home, no one even notices anymore, and so you're the only adult attention they get. And so when they do something negative, it gets your attention. And here's what I have found as a leader. If I only give attention to those who do negative things, there will be a subconscious in people that find out if I'll do negative, I get his time. That's where I've got to make sure that I'm in prayer, fasting, the word of God. Why? What does that do? Helps me to give honor where honors do. Helps me to reach for that one lost lamb that's sliding out. The Lord put somebody on my heart yesterday. I'm telling you, out of nowhere in prayer, out of nowhere. And I reached out to the individual. And later, and later uh, something was revealed to me, something that had happened. And, and, and my wife said, you didn't know that? I said, no, I had no idea. I said, I just know the Lord told me. I promise you that does not that does not happen playing a video game. <laughs> that doesn't happen. I love Condados. We go there plenty, but that won't happen for me there. I've got to be spiritual and I've got to get those things in, in, in line. Can it get taxing being a teacher, being an educator, being a ministry leader, working with families? Absolutely it can. But I will tell you this. If you don't want to be spiritual, please do me a favor, do us a favor, and kindly bow out of this ministry. I know that's a tough statement. But if you don't want to be spiritual, you can't do this. If, if you're a crass person or you're a judgmental person, wow, I sound strong, don't I? If you're a, if you're just, if you just know it's got to be your way or the highway, please do us a favor. Bow out of this ministry. Find something else where there's only black or white. If you're a black or white only person, it's got to be this way. If it's not this way, it's wrong. You can't work with kids. Okay, you you can't. 
Too much education and too much time has proven. Do there need to be rules? Clearly. Are there black and white areas? Clearly. But if you got five kids sitting in that room, you got five different personalities. You got every color of the rainbow sitting right there in your room. And to expect this one to, I got four different children of my own. And to expect them to be, worst thing I could ever do is say, why don't you be more like your brother? Because you know what I'm really saying? Here's the deep dive on that. What I'm really saying is, why didn't you create them the same? We don't, we don't, we don't say that. We don't address that. But what we do when we, when we quickly take judgment on a child or quickly take judgment against a person, if they would only teach like I teach, they're not going to. The lady of this, the lady of this book, uh, Marlene, the incredible chapter in here where her husband says, looks at her, her husband says, I, I hate your Bible studies. <laughs> That's nice. He's an artist. He sees in color, Brother Golden. He said, why don't we paint God? What? She puts this incredible exercise in here for people like him who black and white doesn't do anything. And it's maybe something we should all key in, into since at least 60 plus percent are complete visual learners. Because if we simply think the black and white, some of us have to have the, the, the Bible that also has red ink just because you need it. That's why when we teach, if you're not a creative teacher, you got someone that helps you, you be responsible for the black and white, but don't be offended when someone else has to be the one to splash color on the canvas of the lesson. Why? Because we're reaching for every child. We're reaching for every kid. Somebody's going to get in there and be the singer. Somebody else needs to not be. What are we doing? We're splashing the color. Somebody's going to get in there with the little drums and, and keep it on beat. Somebody's going to walk in. We see it in, in, the, in everything, every, the way we do. I look around this room right now. I'm just looking at the way we're dressed. It's a funny exercise. Look around the room at the way we're dressed. You're dressed through your own nature. Some of you got here and were like, I should have dressed up more. Some of you got here and you were like, I wish I would have dressed less. Who, eh, don't raise your hands. I already know what happened. I saw it. I see it. I watch it. Why do we do that? We, we, within the framework of what's comfortable. And there's been plenty of times I wear something out of my house thinking this is perfect. And then I get there and I'm like, oh. Pastor Lopez and I, we often have jokes about this. You know, one time I told him last week for the business meeting, he said, what do you, what do you think I should wear? I said, flip-flops. Do flip-flops. Do flip. I don't know if he's in here, but that was funny. What are we doing? We're all being ourselves. We're all being different. We all look a little different. It would have been weird if I'd have showed up and everybody wore a blue shirt or everybody had on green, everybody had on red. If you were, if we were colorblind, some of you wouldn't be able to see anything. You just, you're different. You're individual. The kids you're leading are. Some of them, you, I, I can't stress this enough. Some of them, you'll be the only one that says you love them all week. Even, please hear me, even if they come from what you think is a good home, it would baffle some of you. I could take you to some homes of wealth, prosperity, beautiful homes. Kids got it all together. I've had grown men look at me and tell me, my dad never said I love you my whole life. 
I could take you to prominent leaders that stand in pulpits around North America where men would tell you, I was never told if it wouldn't have been for Sunday school. And yet here you come in with a paintbrush of a smile, with a splash of red, which is the mercy of God. Let's not be spiritually blind. Let's not be spiritually blind because it'll affect the way that we display Christ to these children. We throw the rebrand, I'm done. Throw the rebrand of our children's ministry. You see, you can see this, this look at, at Calvary Kids. You guys have been looking at this and seeing this. I love, I love when she designed this that she splashed the color outside the lines. Not just because it represents my coloring as a kid. It's amazing the primary colors are on here. We've got our red. We've got our yellow. We've got our green. Go to that next image, if you will, and show it. It's just kind of that conglomeration of Calvary kids. So cool. And Brother Healy, because I think I'm convinced this is what we get every Sunday. Brother and Sister Stoner, I'm convinced that's what we get on Wednesdays. I get all these different kids. What's right in the middle, keeping it all together? It's just Calvary. Please remember that Calvary was a place before it was a church. And I never get to have a clear view of Christ without a clear view of Calvary. I've got to get that lined up. I've got to be a man of prayer. I've got to be a man of the word. That word will challenge me to fast. It's instruction for me. Well, there's so many other things. It's, there's so many other areas, Pastor, that, that, yeah, they are, but they all flow out of that word. They're all prop, propped up by prayer. Things that are cut away through fasting. Would you lift your hands with me if you're comfortable right now? And God, I pray for every man, woman in this room. I pray that you would help us to rightly align through those cones, as it were, of prayer and fasting in your word, that we might be able to clearly see you and then clearly put you on display, whether I'm dealing with nursery children or whether I'm dealing with junior hires, whether I'm sitting down around a table with some senior hires or I'm sitting down with five-year-olds. It's not about how I view them until it is how I view you. If I view you as a God of love, I want to I want to portray your love. If I view you as a God of mercy, I want to portray your mercy. If I, if I portray you or, or if I view you as a God of holiness, I want to portray. I want to teach. I want to, I want to, I want to do it right. You're holy, so I want to be holy. You're righteous, so I want to be righteous. I don't want to be responsible I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be guilty, oh God, of portraying a weaker version of you, a lesser version of you, because it's distorted by my own vision of you. I pray it in the name of the Lord. I pray you'd strengthen and empower every one of these amazing teachers. I love these men and women, and I'm so thankful for them.
I pray against division in their spirit. I pray against hurt in their mind or their heart. I pray against anything that would make them try to weigh their gifting against someone else's, compare who they are against what someone else's is. The body is fitly framed together. We work together. The, the hand needs the foot. The eye needs the ear. We, we're in need of one another. Those of us that are more black and white are in need of those with more color. And those of us that are, are more colorful in our personality, we need those that are more administrative that can help. We need one another. Help us to work together with a clear vision of you to keep you on display in our classrooms. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you for your time.